It's amazing. I've just been enjoying so much the praise, the worship, remembering good times, the blessings of the Lord, and the Lord doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's right here in the midst of His people. And it's been such a privilege to be with you and worshiping you this, worshiping the Lord together this morning. God is good. God is good. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Father, we just declare our love for you. We love you so much. And we love you because you first loved us. Thank you that we're gathered together as family. Lord, together we do make up part of your family, your big family. And uniquely, we're a family together in this place. And we want to thank you, Lord. Yes, we're celebrating Father's Day, but in another sense, this is Father's Day. And it's great to be in church together, honoring you, our Lord, our Father. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Please lead and guide, direct everything that we will do today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, I'm so glad to be here because uh, it's been quite a long time since I've had a privilege to be here on a Sunday morning. And Sunday morning is, is something unique as family day when we gather together. Uh, it was lovely last time I was able to be with the Filipino church. I can see quite a few Filipino faces from this side. I think maybe over this side also, and, uh, and also the Sunday evening when we had a supper. But it's just nice to be in the Sunday morning service together. And, and really my heart was, Lord, I want to connect with my home church in a greater way. Do you know it's 30 years more than since I was sent out from this church as a missionary? Isn't that incredible? 30 years. Notice I didn't just step out. I didn't go my own way. I didn't say, well, bye. No, I was actually sent out from the church here. Isn't that exciting? Because we are family together, and we are in the body of Christ together. And we're knit together. We make the body of Christ. We are uniquely uh, fashioned and formed and placed uniquely where God would have us in the body and, and it's important for us to remember this when there's so many fractions happening everywhere. It's just good to know, God, I'm planted in your family. I'm planted in your house. And, and there's a uniqueness about where you grow up in the Lord. I actually was not saved here. I was saved in Brisbane when I went away from here to study for a four-month little secretarial course. And, and I really wanted to stay where I was born again. But God really convicted me and convinced me, no, you need to go home. And I came home and I found in Tadman Street, the Assemblies of God underneath the house. And that was my beginning. As a new Christian in this church... I was discipled, I was encouraged, I learned how to grow in God, I learned how to love the brethren, I just learned about being together as a family. 
And that was really so precious in my life. I have a wonderful family. My mum and my dad, my brothers, my sister, wonderful family. I remember my mum saying, huh, don't know why you don't go there and sleep there, the church. You know, because my mum didn't know the Lord. And my dad, I've just had a wonderful week at South End, Curtis Island, where my dad, my brother, and friends built a little house when I was just a young girl. And when I went there, I had so many memories, so many memories of my family and fun times together and with my dad. And I know it's Father's Day today, and I just want to encourage you dads, you know, your children, they think you're the best. They really do. They might not tell you that. But, you know, there's something. As a little girl, you know, my hero was my dad. And, and he couldn't do anything wrong in my eyes. And I just thought my dad was the most incredible person. Now, if you talk to people around, huh, they might have given you another impression about my dad. But for me, my dad... My dad, he loved me and I loved him. I was even, so I was told, I don't know, I'm just talking because I want to connect anyway. I was born as a jaundiced baby and my mother said I was really ugly. But my dad said I was beautiful. <laughs> you know, so there's a special connection and there was a lot of friction between myself and my dad, especially when I came to know Jesus and, and he thought I was just crazy. But still, through thick and thin, I love my dad. And, you know, dads, you really don't have to do that much. You just have to be you because your seed is in your children. There's something of you in them they actually understand you better than you think because it's part of you, your children. It's part of you. They're you. Sometimes you get annoyed because you see yourself in them. Probably that's what's the annoying part. And yet there's a unique bond that will never, ever change. You know, oh, well, you know, the enemy gets in, he tries to break up family, tries to break up the church, tries to break up family. But honestly, in the heart of your children, they think you're the best. Yes, you disappoint them, but they get over it. I was disappointed lots of times, but you get over it. And you know, when I spent this week at South End, walking up and down the beach, I wasn't thinking about the failures of my dad. I was thinking of the good times. I was thinking of the twinkle in his eye when he said, let's go and do this. I was thinking how he spoiled me on occasion. Do you know there was a time we were in Bundaberg shopping and um, I was, hot pants were in in those days. There was this purple hot pants suit and then there was this gypsy purple dress and my mum as mums do, they're the good budgeters, they would say, you can have one or the other. Mm, which one? Which one? And then, you know, I decided on the hot pants, I think. And then later in the day as we were out, Dad said, come on, let's go back and get the other one. <laughs> oh! 
You know, it's the special things. My mum wasn't impressed, but I sure was. Because, you know, that's a loving dad, isn't it? And, and as I was walking up and down the, the street, oh, the street, the, the beach at South End, I was the only person on the beach day after day. If you go over there on weekdays, there's nobody else around. And as I was walking, I actually began to think about Enoch. I just want to throw this out because Enoch was always a character that gripped my heart, especially when I was here in Gladstone. I often would think of Enoch and I'd say, God, I want to walk with you like Enoch walked with you. He walked with you and he was not because you took him. Wow, how amazing. You know that he didn't even have to see death. He just kept on walking with you. But as I recall, and you might recall, this is not my message, it's just thrown in, uh, but um, in Genesis, when it says Enoch, it wasn't until the birth of Methuselah, something happened. Something got his attention because after the birth of Methuselah, at 65 years of age, it says, and after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years. Oh, he walked with God. And the NIV says he walked, with, he walked faithfully with God. And he had many other sons and daughters. There's fruitfulness. If you go in the spiritual realm, just walk with God and you will influence others. But in the family also. In faithfulness, walking with God. You know, all you have to do, fathers, is just faithfully walk with God. And the rest will take place. You know, when your heart is for God and you're faithful in relationship with Him, you're for sure going to be faithful in relationship around you and relationship with your children. So be encouraged, fathers. Even though your children go through times when they don't want to talk to you and they don't want to hear what you've got to say, ultimately they remember and say, you know what, that's my dad. I love my dad and my dad loves me. I, I actually um, had the privilege to see my dad give his life to the Lord at 86 years of age. 86 years of age. Now, there were a lot of years in between there where he was shaking his head about me and my faith in the Lord. But, you know, God is faithful. God is faithful. Hallelujah. So be encouraged, fathers. That's nothing about what I want to talk about. But I did want to talk about us being together as family and the special bond that we have because we're in a commission together. I'm a missionary. And... The favorite scripture of missionaries, what is it? Ah, oh, there you go. See, she's been listening to missionaries. I don't know if I've ever preached on it before, to be honest, but Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It was just before Jesus ascended into heaven and the disciples were gathered around and he said, all authority is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. No wonder the church has taken hold of this scripture and said, this is the great commission because we have been given the authority. We have been commissioned. The church, you know, those disciples, that was the early church and they were commissioned by our Lord, by our Savior. Before he went into heaven, he said, come on, I've got the authority and I'm investing my authority in you. Go therefore and make disciples, not decisions, disciples, teaching them everything I've commanded you. So it's a very exciting passage of Scripture. Of course, when you come to Acts chapter 1, you realize that's not all he said at that time before he ascended, because he also said, ah, don't go out just yet. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high, and you will be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. So this is all involved in the Great Commission. We've been given our mission. We've been given our authority. We've been given our empowering, our anointing. We've been given the goods to go out and make disciples, which makes this a really special passage. But this morning, I wanted to really highlight the thought that it is a commission. Commission. Because again... We're not isolated members of the body doing our own thing. We're working together as a body. As I have been sent out from this church, I'm a part of you. What I do, you're a part of. What you do, I'm a part of. You know? We're working together because we're in the body together. Actually, I heard a really great thought the other day. Um, it was about Moses. When Moses, you know, uh, said, well, call the 70 elders and the anointing that I have will be put on them. Well, only 68 of them came and there were two left in the camp. I don't know why they weren't there. But when this group of 68 began to prophesy, at the same time, the other two began to prophesy. Even though that they weren't in the direct vicinity they were still in a, a bond of commitment and covenant and family and anointing. So what was happening in this area also happened in this area. And I think this is a, an exciting concept because we are a body together. You know, we are experiencing similar things because there's a connection, there's an anointing, there's... There's a communion. Ah, there's a covenant. There's an agreement. We are one body. And so when one part of the body goes for it, and says, we all jump up and down and say, yay, because we get the victory together. 
because we are a body. I, I think sometimes we're so isolated in our thinking. We're just thinking, it's me, me and the Lord. But it's really not just me and the Lord. We're in a body. We're in the body of Christ. We're members together, and together we are greater. Together we make a greater impact. Oh, so I want to encourage us that we are in a co-mission. And you are very much a part of what is happening in the Philippines. Because you are investing, you are praying, you are encouraging, you are standing with us, and we're together in this mission. And we feel a part of what is happening in Port City because we are praying for you. We are seeking to be an encouragement to you. I just loved seeing Pastor James out here and I was thinking, I remember James when he was just a, a young person in the church. And now look, because he's been faithful in the body and he's been trained up and discipled and positioned for what God has for the body. I think it's exciting. Do you know... I think that um, for the most part, where we are planted by the Lord is where we prosper. It's where we're fruitful. It's where we grow. I'm not a gardener, but I think if you plant a plant, where it is planted, it prospers the best. And for the most part, I do believe we are to stay where God has planted us until such time as the one who takes care of the garden, the Lord says, hmm, I think that you would do well in this situation and transplants you to another situation. So not everybody is actually called to go to the uttermost parts of the world. In fact, I've seen a lot of people go to the Philippines and they can't relate and they can't handle it and they get all stressed out. And you know, a plant that's stressed out is not going to prosper. But where you are planted, that's where you're to be until God sovereignly says, the gardener says, here is a place where you will prosper, where you will bring beauty, where you will be fruitful. And so I see that we are in the body together and we have all been given the commission, whether to go next door or to go across the seas, we're all commissioned to go into the world where God has placed us and make disciples. It's actually not our position or, or the continent or the actual geographic position that makes the difference. It's our being faithful and obedient to do what God directs us to do in the body for the purpose of fulfilling His commission to impact the whole world with the gospel of Christ that others may come to know Jesus. And so we are in this together. It is a co-mission. Even if you never leave Gladstone, if you are faithful in reaching the community where God has planted you, you are a part and you are as much a part 
of the work taking place in the Philippines because we are family, we are the church, and we are in co-mission. And not only are we together in it, but the good news, according to verse 20, is Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. So we are actually never alone. God is with us. Wherever we go, we take the Lord with us. Wherever he goes, we'll follow. And so it's a wonderful encouragement that we're not alone in fulfilling the commission that God has given us. He is with us and he's given us the Holy Spirit, empowered, anointed, enabled to be. We got the goods because we've got the Holy Spirit. And all that he has, he wants to show forth through us. And I'd like to share with you a scripture today. And it's Genesis 24, 27, which is really my testimony. And this is the servant of Abraham. Actually, whoever has been in um, a church where they stand, and they read the word. Oh, hallelujah. Good. You can stand. <laughs> let's, stand. let's all stand together. And let's, um, let's read. Let's read. Because it says give attention to the reading of the word. Let's see if we can just get a little insight here. I'm just... I'm relaxed. Is that okay? Because, yeah. you know, you do, we're family. We're family and we're sharing together. So Genesis 24, I didn't bring my Bible because I'm traveling light, so I have to work this out. Genesis 24, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Oh, God is a blessing, God. We're children of Abraham. Wow. We've got blessed in all things. So Abraham, verse 2, said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had. Oh, what an insight is right there. I wonder if you're going to stand through this message. That's good. Good for the circulation. But who ruled over all that he had. Wow. God has given us authority He's seated us in heavenly places. He's given us gifts. Wow. Please put your hand under my thigh. That sounds strange to us, but obviously that's how they took a covenant in those days. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Verse 5, And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. Verse 7, The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. 
He will send His angel before you. Wow. We, of course, have the Holy Spirit with us, but He goes before us also. And you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Of course, you realize that this story is about Abraham's servant being sent by Abraham to find a wife, to find a bride for Isaac. That's how they did it in those days. Maybe that was a pretty good way, arranged marriages. But anyway, it worked. But he said, if she won't come, you're released. You're released from this. And do you know what? In, in a special way, our, our commission is also helping to find a bride. <laughs> the, we're still bringing in the bride of Christ. How exciting is that? But, you know, we can't force people. We can tell them, but we can't force them. And isn't that wonderful? We don't have to make people saved. We just have to share. And the Holy Spirit, He's the one. We can't tell who the Holy Spirit is working in, but we can do our part to preach the gospel, share the good news. And then he said, you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning... Oh, have I gone back? Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, because it turned off and on. It's easier with the Bible. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink and I'll also give your camels a drink. Wow. Let her be the one. You have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Verse 15. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. And the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin no man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher, etc. You're tired. Please take your seats. <laughs> oh, because as you start to read this, you start to see all the exciting parallels between us in our commission to be involved in, in seeing others come to know Jesus as the bride of Christ, you know, as part of the bride. And you can see here, Abraham's oldest servant was in charge of all his possessions. He was trusted and he was commissioned to go 
And he was told, don't hassle. The angel of the Lord has gone ahead of you. It's going to be well. But if she refuses to come, that's just, okay, you're released from the covenant. You're released, but go. And the thing was, he was obedient. And he went in the direction that his master pointed him. And that's what we need to do. We need to get our orders from our heavenly father. And we need to know the direction that we will go. And he went and he didn't go alone. Did, did you read that he took 10 camel loads of goods with him? That's a real lot of goods. 10 camel loads. He wanted to make an impression. He wanted to show off the goodness of his master. He wanted to show off how God had prospered him, how that he was a wealthy man, that he had so much in his hand. And do you know, as we go, as we are commissioned, one of the reasons that Jesus said, don't go yet, even though you've got the good news to carry, he said, you not only need the good news, you need the power. You need the anointing. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the gifts that the Holy Spirit has so you can show forth the glory of your master, so you can show forth his greatness. And at the appropriate time, if you continue to read this passage, you will find that the servant of Abraham brought out precious gifts and he gave to Rebekah and he gave to the family. And you know, in all of our going and we're preaching the gospel, it's not in word only, but it's in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We have the resources we're not sent out like, oh, poor me. No, we've got all the resources. We're trusted servants. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've got resources in heaven that are available for us to bring out as needed to show the goodness of our God because God is very good. And he loves people. He cares about people. He cares about everything they face. He cares about their needs. He cares when they're sick. And that's why so often we see the gift of healing just displayed so, so amazingly. Because he cares. He's a good, good father. What a beautiful song. It's just the heart of God. He is a good, good father. And he has given to us, the church, these gifts. Actually, not just in one person. We're in a body. And we all display different gifts, both natural and supernatural. Because after all, God is a supernatural God. But... He's made a natural world. He functions in the natural and the supernatural just the same. And so us, we are natural but supernatural. And we have giftings. We have things imparted in our lives that he wants us to share 
with those around us to show forth the goodness, the glory, the majesty, the splendor of our God. It's exciting. It's exciting when you see God just touch hearts and lives. And sometimes we say, oh, well, we didn't see that gift of healing. And we've got a lot of mysteries and we think, well, I don't know why. But we do know that he's a good, good father. And we do know that he's told us these gifts are available. I'm not sending you on this mission empty-handed. You're not going out saying, well, come to Jesus. Your life's going to be hard and it's going to be pretty tough, you know. And the devil's really out there. But, you know, just be faithful. It's kind of not the gospel we were told to go out. We We were to go out and preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. There's salvation for whoever will call on the name of the Lord. There's salvation, salvation not only for our spiritual needs but in our physical as well because he's a good, good father. And so we've often been encouraged when God just chooses to heal. And this wasn't what I'm supposed to be talking on but anyway, I have liberty because this is my home church This is my home church, and we're family, and we're together, and we're together on a journey. And we're learning the goodness of our God, even in the mysteries of things we don't understand. We do know that he has not sent us out empty-handed. He has given us all the resources. And I guess, you know, that uh, servant, he was the one that loaded the, the camels with the goods, And he brought out the goods at the appropriate time. And there have been times when we have seen God just pour out his spirit in healings, in in amazing ways. Um, Even most recently when when Dion Hockey was there, so many people healed, which was really incredible. But apart from, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, that's with Dion Hockey. He has the gift of healing. No, just in the body together, we have the resources because God said he put it in the body. And so we rise up. Oftentimes, it's only in the stepping out. If you keep reading that passage, you will see that, you know, he prayed. He said, oh, God, give me good success for the sake of my master. And we want good success to bring glory and honor to Jesus. And when he prayed, oh, let this girl be the one, then he, he saw Rebecca coming. says he ran over to her. I think that's probably not the normal situation in the East, that this guy will run over to meet this pretty young girl. But he did it because he thought, here's the answer to my prayer. And sometimes we just step back and step back. But when we've prayed, when we've been positioned, when we've gone forth, we also have to press in. Take the opportunity. Sometimes we're trying to think things through so much, but... We don't have to really, we just have to say, God, you're leading, you're guiding, you're directing. You've given me the resources. I've prayed. We want to see people come into your kingdom. Okay, is this the one? The Holy Spirit's gone ahead. 
we're, we're waiting to see, is this the one, Lord? Is this the one that you have something special? Is this the one to bring into your family? And we bring forth the gifts and we pray. I remember um, praying in, in my office with a lady who came with a heart, a heart disease. God healed her. God healed her. So, is this the one? Yes, part of your body. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose. We, we, just, we just have to step out. Do you know, actually, I've been privileged to see hundreds of people healed, mainly because I traveled showing the Jesus film. And when I was showing the Jesus film, as you do, you stop and you pray for people. And when you pray for thousands, you're going to see hundreds healed. And it's just, you know, you just do what you know to do. And oftentimes, I will tell you the truth, sometimes at those film shows, night after night, I didn't feel the presence of God. You know, no tingles, no shaking. You've seen everyone shaking? None of that. But, Lord, because you said... Here, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And person after person after person after person healed. You know? And I would, I would be saying, are you really sure? Because, you know, I was thinking, oh, are they real? <laughs> are they just saying this? Do something, show me. And they were healed. The most outstanding miracles that I've seen is a lady who could not see uh, a man who could not see clearly. And um, it was after a meeting. It was about 11 o'clock at night. And we were asked to go to this elderly couple's place. And we prayed. It was Hill and Vicky and myself. We prayed. And God instantly healed that man. Instantly healed that man. Instantly. Ha! Ah! And then he said, pray for my wife because she can't hear. And God instantly healed him. And, you know, it was so exciting. I was like, is this real? Because when you see something happen, sometimes it still doesn't compute. Actually, when I've seen people healed, sometimes I think, I think I'd be more excited than that if I was you. But I think sometimes it's just the... Trying to process. I mean, this is not normal. This is not natural. How come? Because it's God. It's a supernatural power of God at work. Now, I would love to tell you um, that we had mighty revival because of that. But you know what? Full of faith that I am, you know what happened? I have to do this tonight, maybe this other. But you know what happened? We went to bed the next morning. We were in summer. It was Tarangnan, East Tarangnan summer. And we had a boat waiting for us at the back to go to another island. And as we were preparing to leave, here comes this whole group of elderly people with their walking sticks and all heading toward our house where we had spent the night at people we didn't even know in the community. And we saw them and we looked at each other. Do you have faith for this? We've got the boat is waiting. 
let's go. And, you know, for a long time, I felt really convicted and I thought, God, did I miss it? If only I was more bold, maybe you would have healed, or healed them all. But instead, we chose to go to the boat and run away to the next island. But I was encouraged to hear recently that there was a time when Jesus was healing all the sick. And, you know, everybody who came to Jesus was healed. Isn't that exciting? Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. And then the disciples came and said, Jesus, where are you? Everybody's looking for you. Because they all wanted to be healed. And he said, okay, let's go to another town. And you know, I got release. I got release. I thought, Lord, I might have missed it. But then again, when everybody was there pressing and wanting to see Jesus, Jesus said, come on, let's go to another town. I felt release. Do you know what? We miss it often. We do miss it. Because we're, we're just normal, everyday people. Sometimes our faith just isn't there. We say, better take the back door, not the front door. I'm just telling you honestly, when we're out there, but we're learning and we're growing in faith. And we want to step up to all that God has. And right now, what is happening at Centre for Change, we're excited we're excited because God has begun to pour out his spirit and we're beginning to see healings and miracles and, and, and it's exciting to be a part. And if it's happening with us, we're in connection. It's happening also here because what God wants to do amongst his body, we're together in the body. And I want to encourage you. God has so much for us. We are in a commission. We're in a commission together to go and make disciples. We're not alone. We have the body with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And we've got all the resources of heaven with us. We don't have to shrink back because we can pull out what we need from the gifts in his storehouse to meet the need, and not only to meet the need, but to show forth the glory and the goodness of our God. Because he is good, and he is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine. And it's according to his power within us. So, God wants to use us to fulfill his commission and to fulfill his purposes on the earth. So I want to encourage you, we're together in this mission. Read Genesis, read that story. There's so many beautiful other things that you can relate and say, wow, I can see that. I can see that is for us as a church. But this morning, let me pray for you. And then I do want to show you these videos. I got totally distracted and it's time's up. But we can, count, we can continue tonight if you're so um, interested to come because we're a body.
And this is our connecting time. We're working together. We're encouraging one another. So let's have a look at our first video, and then I'll pray for you. That song is beautiful, isn't it? We are all God's children. I wanted to show that because um, it, it tells you that we are still on our focus. Our mission, our vision is children with a hope and a future. Our mission is to rescue children from the streets and other perilous situations. And our goal is transformed lives. We have our ups, we have our downs. I felt so disappointed about John Paul, one of our boys who came from the streets, from, from a rugby user, a total orphan. He, he went with us. We helped him. He did soccer. He played in Mexico. We let him go to Manila to, to, to go to school. And I just felt so discouraged because morally he wasn't keeping right. And, you know, the heart of parents, we want to see our children Go the right way. He has my birthday because we didn't know his birthday. And uh, I just felt discouraged. He's now in his first year of college. We put him through grade 11 and 12 at, uh, at McCarthy University because of his soccer skills to give him the opportunity. And I thought, Lord, this boy, you know, what's happened to him? And uh, last night... I saw him speaking. I saw a picture of him speaking at Far East Broadcasting Network, being interviewed. And I saw him shedding tears and recalling God's goodness in his life. Out of millions, why did God choose him from the streets? And why, you know, why was there a missionary that came and got me from the streets? And I came to know Jesus, and he had a big cry. And then he continued on about how God has um, a purpose and a plan. And the interviewer said, and what is your goal? He said, I want to graduate, be a teacher, be a coach, and go back to Center for Change and coach the football team. <laughs> and I thought, so I sent him an email. And I thought, we, we get our hearts broken oftentimes, but it's not the end of the story. And as I emailed him, I said, you know, we still love you. We'll always love you. You're a son to us. We can't condone the, the, the immoral choices you've made, but we're praying for you and we love you. And, and God is faithful. And I thought, Lord, you've allowed him to see again what you've begun. And we just give thanks to the Lord. We're coming up to our 15th anniversary next February. And we'll have a great celebration. Maybe some of you will come. We'll be celebrating the goodness of God, not only with the children, but in the greater work of the community. Because since Super Typhoon Haiyan, we've baptized over 100 people. I actually can't remember the amount and it's because we showed forth the goods that God gives us, natural and supernatural. We showed them the goodness of God, practically building houses, 162. And 
just praying for the sick and, and, and helping them to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we do have another um, video that we'd like to show you. Some of you have seen most of this. When you're doing what God wants, the provision is there. So just uh, celebrate with us what God is doing. And the reason we are doing this is because we are in a typhoon belt. I still work amongst the Warai Warai people. Warai still means nothing, but God has a plan that they will be somebodies in God when they become God's children, yes? And so uh, we want to be prepared. And this building, it was never in my heart. I didn't have such great faith, I guess. I thought, oh, when uh, Pastor Chris Aiton came and he said, Margaret, what you need here is a community evacuation center because he came and he saw everything devastated. While they have centers in the main cities, not so much in the agricultural community. We have village after village after village. Many people ran and took refuge with us, but we, of course, lost our roofs and trusses, etc. But God was so good that not one life was lost in our local community, which is a miracle when thousands lost their lives, which is a miracle when coconuts were falling and coconut trees were falling. Thousands of trees were gone. 90% of our coconut plantations were destroyed. There's no more coconut industry. And not a person's life was lost. No one was even seriously injured. One lady did get a knock on her back, but we've prayed for her and she's fine. You know, God is good. God is faithful. And so we believe that God has greater things in store. And so we've built this and I myself am saying, yes, Lord, we're not believing for any more typhoons, but it's a safe place. But I believe you're going to do something through this building in the community and we will be able to reach many more people. So thank you for your prayers. I want to pray for you, even though we're over time, even though there's this. I have a liberty because this is my home church and I only come here every few years for the morning service. And one thing I want us to do is pray for one another because I did touch on healing. And do you know, even last week, well, two weeks ago, when I was in a conference in Melbourne, I prayed for Pastor Jeanette who had loss of hearing in her one ear. She was healed. And it wasn't like, come out the front and we'll pray for you because what I think God is doing now is he is using the body. He is using all of us. As much as we go, oh, who, me? Pray for somebody else? Well, you're part of the body. And so God can touch you where you are, and he gets the glory. We're bringing forth his gifts just to show his goodness. So this morning, before we close in prayer, I would love it if we pray for those who are sick. Not coming out here. But if you are sick in your body or you have a need, will you stand where you are? Just stand where you are. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sometimes we say why, but we know that sometimes it's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. Okay. And so, wow, we have a lot of people who have needs in their body. 
Isn't that amazing? So all the people who have health and strength, it's our opportunity to actually pray with people here right now. And so one thing, when we were praying for people, we always take the authority that Jesus has given us and we say, you know, speak to this body in Jesus' name, be healed, you know, because he's given us the authority. We pray, we say, oh, Father, show forth your healing, Jesus, in Jesus' name. So, but we pray for one another. So, all of those standing, now others, this is your chance, step of faith. Just somebody with each person, please, to pray. Somebody with each person, each person. If you're a husband and wife, let somebody else pray and, and have a change because you're always praying. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Pray. How about you pray for this man here, right here? Can you put your hand up if there's no one standing with you? Is there anyone? Everyone has somebody with them? You could, uh, there's somebody here. Look, see? Here's a hand. Can we have somebody? Feli, do you have someone praying with you? Who's praying with you? Is there somebody praying with you? Okay. Where's some, where's some men? Are you praying for him? Lay hands on him. You, you have the power of the Holy Spirit? You believe in Jesus? Oh, then put your, put your hand right there. Hallelujah. You can ask them what their problem is and then pray according to what. Not a long story, but just ask, what's your problem? Then pray for it. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Okay, how about you stop praying right now? Who has asked them what is wrong? Have you found out what's wrong? Have you prayed according to what is wrong? Okay. And then after you pray, then you have to ask them, okay, can you see any difference in your body? Okay. Okay, let's pray again. Father, I want to thank you for what you're doing in this room because we're in a body together. And we thank you, Lord, for the gifts of healing operating in this room right now according to your word. Lord, we've preached your word. And now, Lord, we believe for signs following the preaching of your word. We thank you for healing. We thank you for holding wholeness in Jesus' name. We speak to these bodies. Lord, whatever the condition, we speak in Jesus' name. Be healed and be whole in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mighty God, mighty God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, can you please check your body? What was wrong? Would you know if there's any difference? Here, would you know? You can feel the heat.
Father, thank you. We believe, Lord, for your continuing work and total healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anybody else? Have you checked your body? Yes. And? Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You're just putting a warmth around this place. We thank you for that. We believe it's the healing power of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And we thank you, Father. Oh, you're so good. We celebrate you, our Jesus. You are altogether wonderful. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Anybody else, when you feel something, what can you say? Wow. So you had for six weeks a throat condition, tonsillitis, and it's gone. In Jesus' name. This is the body at work. Hallelujah. Who else? Do you know what? I was annoyed with Alex. He got healed about a year ago from a back condition, and he didn't tell me. And it's terrible when God does something and you tell nobody. Huh. Anybody here? Check your body. Hallelujah. Anything. Maybe you think, uh, well, it's 50%. It's 60% better. Any difference? Yes? What? Oh, hallelujah. Something is that the sinuses are starting to open. Thank you, Father. Just complete, complete healing of the sinuses. How wonderful. This is a body. This is, we're planted together as a body. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's all that side. What about this side? Is this the spiritual side? <laughs> Pray for one another if you're sick, you know. Oh, confess your sins. Oh, sorry. Forgot to read that part. God is a gracious God. We're forgiven by the blood of Jesus and healing. Nothing holds us back from receiving the gifts that God has. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you will touch your people. Lord, you saw those who were standing, and you're a good, good father. And Lord, you desire your children will be healed. Lord, we speak healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody here who has known a difference in their body? Hallelujah. Don't be like Alex, huh? And you don't have to make anything up. It's just when you know God has touched you, please say something. Even as you go home and you say, Huh, I'm healed. Please come back tonight and tell us. You know, I believe that God wants to restore His work in the body. Some people think we don't have to get together. We can watch it on TV at home. We need to be together because God wants us to encourage and pray and help one another. And He just wants to bless His people. Father, I speak your blessing. Bless this church. They're precious in your sight. You love them. I thank you for the good works you're doing. I thank you for the partnership that we have in the gospel. And I speak your blessing and we continue to 
believe for the healing to be manifest in bodies even over this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Wonderful.